There's things that you value and things that you will fight for. That's what today's about. We fight for that short hair dog and that name across your chest. Welcome to the Short Haired Dog Podcast, your home for Wofford Terriers football. Now here are your hosts, Michael and Kevin Bennett. Welcome into the Short Haired Dog, episode 14. I'm your host, Michael Bennett, alongside me today, my best friend, slash co-host, slash brother. Mr. Kevin Bennett, how you doing today, KB? I'm doing good, Mikey. How are you? I'm doing okay. Of course, the short-haired dog, home of your two and one, six-ranked, six nationally ranked, SoCon leading Wofford Terriers, coming off of a loss to Wyoming. Mike, that one, uh, that one hurt me a little bit. I, I wanted that one. I wanted that one a lot. Mm. Mm. Stuff. Yeah, that one. Uh, that one really did hurt. Kind of hard to swallow. It is, but you know. I'm proud of them. Yeah. They went up there and fought hard. Um, but, you know, I don't, it just – ball didn't bounce our way, so to speak. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, it's part of it. That it's is. It's part of the game. Um, not a moral victory guy. No. And still, I'm, we lost, and I'm not happy about it. But um, I think we were the better team, Mike. I, I honestly so. do. I think so, too. I think it's safe to say that Wofford, after seeing that, I don't think they're going to lose the game the rest of the year, Kevin. Are you calling it? I'm calling it. Okay. I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to you know go against that. And one thing that I agree with is, or one thing that I thought about, and I think some I think you probably will agree with me, is the fact that Wofford in this game got a chance to see North Dakota State's offense really before playing them. If you think about it, last year they didn't. They played a lot of option teams and a lot of spread teams. But Wyoming did a lot of what North Dakota State is going to do. Obviously, their former coach now leading Wyoming. Makes me think that, you know, the Terriers are going to be prepared if they ever run up on the Bison. I think they're going to at least have some film of sort of similar to what they're going to see from North Dakota State. I would agree, Mike. And I'll tell you one thing that I noticed, and it was kind of hard to tell with the, with the you know, the television or the whatever it was, the, the broadcast there. But you could tell that Wyoming thought they were going to come out there and they were going to bust us. Yeah. You could tell they thought Blow them that. out. Yeah. And not, oh, not only did we not believe that, but the Terriers football team did not believe that. No. And they come out there, and Mike, they outplayed them. They I did. honestly think they outplayed them. Um, but one thing I do want to say, Mike, before we get into the, to the game review, mm-hmm. kind of our thoughts on it, how did you watch the game? How did you watch the game Saturday? Well, I watched some on the um, – Mountain West Digital Network, and mm-hmm. I also watched on Facebook a little bit. I couldn't knit both of mine were kind of going out. I was trying to mirror it on my TV, and it, for whatever reason, I guess the Wi-Fi was kind of messing up. But when, then I just watched it on my phone. So I watched the complete thing on the Mountain West Digital Network uh, on my laptop. And, uh, Mike, you know, we're both – we've both announced football games before. Yeah. We know the work that goes into it. Um, and I, I hate to be – I hate to be critical – but uh, those announcers, <laughs> they could not have been any more homer. Now, look, now we're this homers. is coming from two homers. Yeah. And I, I understand. Yeah. And any, any guys that are announcers for their team are going to show a little bit. Like, I understand that. But these guys were ridiculous. Yeah. And you can, tell, you can tell that they were just straight up pulling for Wyoming, just tooting all their horns. Yeah. And they were just like, oh, well. Man, they should really be. They they said a couple times, man, this is this is just devastating. And what I mean, we heard from Domo Lemon, we yeah, heard from Domo. Joe Joe Tillery, Michael Horton, <laughs> George Geesey, and Gabisi. And it doesn't take much time, Mike, to go over the list and get someone to tell you. Get someone. You're up in the press box. Get one of the Walford guys to tell you how to pronounce the name. And isn't that in? We the, do that in high school. Isn't Mike. that in the media guide? Yeah, like, we have pronunciation, but the things uh, in the media guide. But the thing yeah. that got me, Mike, is. Okay, they're going to make a point of talking about Luke Carter's glasses. Okay, we get it. But the thing that got me is on the one punt, they're like, oh, hopefully he doesn't have his glasses on. I'm like, are you kidding me, guys? Yeah, Why don't you qu- so. quit trying to be Dave Chappelle and come out there <laughs> and prepare and get the names right and quit trying to be a funny man? Yeah. 
and call the game. And then, like, when Roundtree picked that one off on that tip pass, they were like, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> like, what are we doing here, guys? Yeah. Like, and, and they kept making comments like, well, if they lose this, and the season's pretty much over. Yeah. You, know, you just are can't the, lose to On the last drive, they're like, if they can get points here, that, that'll just propel them to the next level. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And they're like, oh, man, Vanderwall. Man, he is – this may be his coming out party. Yeah, and everybody's like, oh, Vanderhusen, yeah. he is so good. Vanderhouse, what a great quarterback. I mean, they're acting like he's Brett Favre out there. And he's just yeah. – I mean, he was at like a 25 for 42 clip or something. It ain't like he was burning it up. No. And we were all and over the And there's nothing the against game. the guy, but dang, those announcers just were clamoring over everything. I mean, it was – like you said, it was just disgusting. It was. It, it really, really was. My, you know what my favorite play of the whole game, Mike, was? And we'll get into some more plays later was when my man Titus planted Vanderwall sure right there as he was like trying to tiptoe or trying yeah. to tiptoe inbound. My man Titus smoked him. He sure did. I like that guy. I like him too. I like and he is really shown out and, and we'll get into the injuries later too, but he's really showed out on the passing downs I've noticed. He's come in late uh, on you know on the third downs and he, I mean even on the drives he's in there the whole you know the whole possession. Yeah. But uh he's real he's a young guy that's really showed a lot too and a lot of guys had to step up in the absence of um Miles Brown and, and Billy Hinton, Mike. Yeah, definitely. They they definitely had to. One guy that I thought played a very good game, and I, you know, we have a favorite player here at the Short Haired Dog. You know, for for no real reason other nope. than we just like him, and that's JoJo Tillery. So right. shout out JoJo, we love you. Mine but, was Billy, but he we didn't get to see him. But hopefully, hopefully he's okay. Yeah. We'll get him back here for the Gardner Webb game. But JoJo has been my favorite player for now. I guess the third season. He this has is been. I have year. to give you credit. He has. Been. Um, and no real reason. He is good, but I just think he never got enough love, and he's got a lot of swag, and I just like somebody like that. So. Yeah. But I think a guy that maybe he may be passing the torch to for me, not position-wise or anything like that, but just as who my next favorite player is going to be, my strong – the front runner right now has to be T.J. Neal. Oh, yeah. He's a guy that I just like. He come out of nowhere for that sack Saturday. I mean, and we made note of it in the last episode – He's got the potential to be awesome. Man, he's he, good already. And he's one of those guys where I think the red shirt rule, I don't know that it applies. I think he's just going to play. I think so, too. I mean, he, I think he's somebody that's going to help them going forward. <clears throat> and Derek called it. He did. Our man Derek Dye, he called it right on the head. He said, T.J. Neal's going to be a ball player. He did. And he was, he was right on with that. He was. Mike, uh, some other guys that I want to give a shout-out that stepped up in the absence of, of Miles Brown and, and Billy were Weston Roundtree, who I thought played an outstanding game. Um, he really played most of the game, it seemed like. Uh, yeah. And they, obviously Titus and, and Joe Beckett got some got some snaps out there as well. But Roundtree really stepped up and played well. Um, then, then our man Lufkin. He really played well. He played well. a lot on that defensive line. Um, seemed like every time I looked up, he, w- he was out there. Um, but, you know, kind of a next man up mentality. You know, one of your guys, especially of Miles Brown's caliber, I would say the best defensive player in – shoot. FCS. In FCS. In FCS. Yep. When you don't have him, especially going up against a, an FBS opponent, that could really throw you for a loop. But our guys stepped up, and they – I mean, honestly, Mike, we didn't miss a beat. No, it, we didn't. it makes you think, though, what we could have done if we had had Miles Absolutely. and Billy Hinton. And against a team where, you know, you wouldn't be facing the altitude, they wouldn't have 25 more scholarships than you. Right. It makes you think – after this game, I know the offense, you know, didn't play well at times, but at times I thought they did look really good. Mike, I thought Coach Lane – Threw, he threw all kind of different formations out. Because Wyoming's got a good defense. They do. They really and do. And they were taking away the outside. Yeah. I, I saw some people comment, why are we not trying to run that option? Because they were taking it away. Yeah. You could tell. Now, one one we did get outside and, and, and got a substantial amount of yardage, but we threw – they kept giving us that little, you know, screen to Blake Morgan, and we kept taking it yeah. six times to be exact. Mm-hmm. So, I mean – that's that's what you got to do. You got to adapt to what the defense is giving you. And I thought we threw a lot of different formations at them. Uh, Mike, getting back to the defensive side of the ball, um, I thought John Beckley played well. Um, yeah. I thought Brandon Brown in his time he played well. Uh, we saw Ar- Robbie Armstrong a little bit, but one guy, Mike, that was in the backfield the entire game and just seemed to couldn't get his get his hand around the all powerful Vanderwall was Thad Mangum. Yeah. He was back there, and and and. Mikhail Horton, or as they call him, Michael Horton, were back there. I mean, them two were just running around all yeah. over the place and just couldn't seem to hem him in. <clears throat> but um, they were wreaking havoc. Yeah, they, they were. were That's what the... I'm saying. It 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 gave him it gave him a sense of I got to get out of the pocket. Yeah, it was messing up his time at yeah. big time. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I really thought, and we're going to get to our guest in just a second. And they made the statement. 
um, that they thought that we controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and I 100% agree. I mean, how can you argue that? No. And Anybody have, that can watch that game, you cannot tell me that Walford outplayed those guys. And you've got arguably the best, like we said, I think he's the best defensive player in FCS, a consensus All-American in every publication you look at. Yeah. And we didn't have him in the ball game, and we still dominated up front. We did. I mean, you can't take that away from Walford. I don't care what anybody says. They can say whatever they want. You know, you know, Walford always chokes at a bull crap, okay? Mm-hmm. Walford's as good as some of these teams they're playing. Absolutely. And they know it. And, you know, this one didn't go their way. But don't don't act like, oh, they just they just they were better than us. I don't agree with that. Mike, I don't think and, and I we, we talked about it last year in the playoffs. North Dakota State wasn't that much better than Wofford. I don't think I so. I don't either. care what anybody says. Wofford had a terrible game. They'll be the first to tell you it was one of the worst games they've played. Ton of mistakes, ton of miscues, ton of injuries coming into that game. But like none of that's an excuse. I know that. But when it comes right down to it, Wofford's got some studs on this team. And if they'll execute like they're capable of and not give the game away, I don't think there's anybody can, that can beat this Wofford team moving forward, including this past game, except for Wofford. I agree. And, Mike, and, and I, I, thought, I agree with you. I think they were better, especially on both lines of scrimmage. Yeah, and I think that's the reason why this one hurt so bad. Yeah. It's because we, we beat them all up and down the field. Yeah. I mean, we honestly did. And if you, take, if you take that last drive out of there when they took it, what, 75 yards, I think we might have outgained them. Yeah. They didn't outgain us by that much. I don't, I don't think I had, so either. I, can't, I don't have the final stats in front of me, but, you know, it, it's, it's tough. And, it is. And, you know, I, I know that the fourth down and three call there at midfield, initially, you know, we, we talked about this, you know, after off the air for a while. Yeah. Initially, I was like, we need, why in the heck do we not go for that? Because, yeah. you know, it just seemed like that's normally what we do. I just, you know, you try to end the game. But after you spoke to me and yeah. give you your point – I've changed my tune. I agree with you now. What was your what was your argument that we made the right decision by punting that football? Well, I think I think it was the right decision, Mike, because our defense has stopped them pretty much the entire game. Now, people can say, you know, we got lucky on that interception there because they were driving a score, and they were. Yeah. They were. But – But they got lucky with us throwing one too. But it shows the confidence that our head coach has in our defense. Right. I think – I mean, I think if it had been fourth and two, fourth and one – They'd have went for it. Yeah. But it's one of those, you know, you go, uh, you have confidence in your defense. They've held them in, in check pretty much the entire game. Let's, you know, let's see if we can do it one more time, guys. And, yeah. Mike, what really, what really hurt the call was Luke Carter not being able to, you know, net more than 20, 25 yards on the yeah. punt. He hit it, you know, halfway through the back of the end zone. He hit a rocket. He did. He, he really kicked did. a rocket. And, um, if he had kicked it straight up and got him at maybe the 15, 15 and netted, you know, 30 or 35 yards instead of going from the, what, right at midfield to the 25, yeah. I mean, if you could have pinned them deep, I mean, that's an extra – they scored, what, seven, 17 seconds left or yeah. something? I mean, that's a tackle in bounds from know. the game yeah. being over. You never know. Um, but, Mike, the game just came down to so many well, – not, not so many, but just a – particular place. It was like three or four that right. just, you know, and we talked about the it. game. Yeah. And we talked about it. We talked about it with, as far as the SOCON's concerned, and really this season. Every team season comes down to a handful of plays. It does. And it's if they go your way or not. Wofford seemed like had they had 15 plays last year, that was all in different games. Yeah. <laughs> Every game they could have lost seemed like almost, except for a few that they run away with. But for the most part, a few plays went their way, and that's what got them to where they were. Yeah, and I mean, you can all, all you can always say, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, or like John Gruden said this week, hindsight's fifty fifty. Do you see that? No. Man, he is struggling. He can't even get his terms right. He's <laughs> in his press conference. Gruden he's said, not going to you know, make it. Hindsight's fifty fifty. And he was, and he was like, it's hard to come across a good pass rusher in this league. <laughs> what a dope. What just, is he doing? Just after he traded Khalil. What Mike. is he doing? But anyway, that's a yeah. different story. For but I mean, like I said, hindsight's twenty twenty. You can say, oh, we should have did this, should have done that. Um, you know, we did make some mistakes. We did. And one, one play that really, you know, if we – that's first possession of the second half, Mike. If Joe could have got that ball further out of the end zone and not got an interception, if we could have got three. Yeah, anything um, right there would have been would, huge. That would have been huge. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Andre fumbled there in the first half. Of course, he made up for it with a grown man run for that touchdown. Yeah. They thought they had him hemmed up. He was like, no. Nah. Wrong. No, so fast. Try again. But um, but even uh, when they got the ball there, if it wasn't for some just phantom roughing the passer call on Beckley. Oh, my gosh. That's three points there. Yeah. I mean, 
how can you call that, Mike? I don't know. He either. he just—he's like he tripped and just kind of fell into him. Uh, did did Vanderwall even fall down? I don't think he did. I, I, I can't remember, but not a great call. No. And they were holding our defense. And look, we're not. This is not going to be a tirade on officials. They can call holding on every play. I understand. But there were some blatant ones. I was yeah. watching Thad Mangum because I was seeing him get in the backfield. There were two guys holding him by the jersey a couple times, and it was infuriating me and sitting the, there watching. And that's one thing about the announcers. When they called that pass interference, which it was, Walford didn't get their head around, I get it. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah, they're bellyaching and crying like, oh, they're, they're stealing the game like, from the cowpokes. Yeah. Uh, Y'all been on, getting the calls please. all game. Yeah. Don't, don't give us that. I, I, mean, it was, I mean, every game you're going to miss some. Be a professional and say, dang, that was not a good call. But don't just sit there and cry about it. That, they – we got producer Charlie here with us. Who yeah. he's joined us. Charlie Long is going to be helping us as our producer here moving forward a good bit. Charlie, you got to watch some of the game. What did what did you think? They were literally almost in tears, weren't they? They were. It was some of the worst calling I have heard in my lifetime. It was really <laughs> bad, and you know they were definitely homers, and I can understand that. Yeah, I mean we do that with our our broadcast at the school and here on this podcast and stuff like that, but. They were over the top with it. Yeah, they were. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. So I was just making sure that you felt the same way as we did. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great debut from super producer Charlie. Yeah. Charlie's doing it all over today. <laughs> he really is. But, Mike, I mean, it, it hurts. This game hurts because, you, like I said, I thought we outplayed them. And when you, don't, when you outplay a team and you don't get a win, that one stings. And um, it, it stung. It stung. Yeah. But, you know – I think, and, and reading through the message boards and things like that, I think at first everybody was freaking out a little bit. Yeah. But the more, the further you get away from the game, you're like, man, this prepared our guys. It's going to have them so mad that they're mm-hmm. and they're going to leave such a bad taste in their mouth that they're not going to want to have to go through this again. And it, and you know, it doesn't make losing any easier. But I think after this, you can say that hey, we're, we're battle tested. Absolutely. And we, you know, we lose that game. You know, the first two games, let's just face it, Walford was a lot better. They were. Not just a little bit. We, I think they were better than Wyoming, but that's a different story. I do too. They were a lot better than the first two teams we played. Yeah. That Citadel game had no business being that close. Walford was clearly better than them. My God, they were clearly better than VMI. So, <laughs> yeah. I, but, I, I, but I do think, like we said, they're going to have that kind of smash mouth kind of game because that's what Wyoming was trying to do. They were. They had to pass it because they couldn't run the ball. They could not. I mean, that's just the truth of the matter. Yeah. You know, and say Mike, what you want to, but that's the truth. Think about that. We did not have Miles Brown or Billy Hinton. I know. Two of our probably top five defensive players, we didn't have them. Maybe the top two. Yeah. And I mean, if just speak about Run that. stopping. Yeah. I mean, you look at those. Billy Hinton's one of the best run stoppers in the SOCON. He is. He really? Is. Yeah, and then I mean, you have uh, you have Miles right there in the middle, just clogging up the middle, who's and then a, just causing havoc in the backfield. Yeah, who's a consensus All-American? I mean, it's the, it's the truth. And just I mean, think, and just think about that. We didn't have those two, and still outplayed Wyoming. Now, granted, we still it sucks that we lost. It does, and I think the coaching staff and the players all feel the same way as we do. They, it sucks that we it lost does. that game. Yeah. It does, but there's certainly. Nothing to hang our head about. No. Really not. I mean, it, no. it's tough because you're like, God, when are we going to beat one of these FBS teams? But in reality, let's just take back and look at this big picture. You're not even supposed to be in the ball game with an FBS school. Period. I, I agree. They have 25 more scholarships than you got. Yeah, and you're playing there with yeah. the altitude. There's and the refs and the crowd, on their side yeah. and yeah. the crowd. Mm-hmm. And of course, those the crowd was. They were just like, yeah. Nice score. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Congratulations for beating Carolina. Alabama, buddy. I mean, that makes me – I mean, that would make me hate – that made me hate Carolina. Yeah. Like, right if we played them, I'm glad yeah. we had that time where <laughs> – I'm glad they played Clemson there right after that because I could start pulling for them again because I would so aggravated with those fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, like, do you realize what you're doing right now? Like, you should be up 45 to nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, these FBS goes, yeah, they have, like they have no sense of who they're playing. It's like they could be playing the South Carolina Deaf and Blind School, and they would still have that kind of energy. That just old crazy mentality. I mean, (laughs) honestly, like I love beating the heck out of people, but I didn't got where I was pulling for VMI to score. You know, I was like, I was too. I I felt a little bad. I mean, they were still playing hard. Like we played Johnson C. Smith in Union, Kentucky, and it'd be eighty-four to nothing. Well, you know. I was halfway pulling for them. Carolina has no sense of that. No. Some of those fans have no sense It's like when they beat Louisiana it. Tech last year. Well, they're still an FBS <laughs> team. They're like, yeah, baby! <laughs> like on TV, the telecast, yeah. I'm like, are y'all that? <laughs> like, if, if I would have been at that game, and we're Gamecock fans. Absolutely. Like, I'm not, I'm not downing them, but I just hate the fact that it's like, 
oh, well, if, if they would have barely beat Louisiana Tech and I was there, I'd have been like, I'm not talking to nobody. I'm going yeah. to my car. I'm not cheering. Be like, I'm so mad I can't beat. I would have sarcastically cheered and went, woohoo, good yeah. job, about time. You know? Be like us playing Union, Kentucky. I agree. And then when we beat them by one point, we go crazy. Yeah. Like, we would not be doing that. I would be so – I'd be like, about to throw Whoo! up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with I you. I hate that. I hate that. And I, there's nothing against Wyoming. They they seem to be pretty nice at all. But well, if, just... if if Mr. Vanderwall lives up to his height, we may be seeing another first round pick. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. The monsters were very high on yeah. Vanderwall. But... Although my man Titus won't have it. Hey, I loved it. <laughs> Titus Titus spiked him. Smoked him. He sure did. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's just one of those things. For you listeners out there, when Walford runs up on a D two program in a few years, an NAIA team, if you will. If they're playing a cooking school. PC. And we're yeah, PC. Probably gonna get that way this year. <laughs> if you if you're if you're beating somebody that is clearly not even on the same level as you are, don't make it like and you barely beat them. Don't be happy about that. Yeah. That's nothing to be happy about. That's like something that some person that does nothing about now, look, sports yeah. would do. Hey Mike, but you know, it's still a win. Don't yeah. get us wrong. It's still a win, don't but don't be, be like, oh, we world beaters be now. Like, yeah, going crazy. This there's is going to change the. This is going to change the direction of our season right a, here. There should be a difference, Kevin, from how you cheer against Furman versus Union Kentucky. I agree. Okay, you should cheer harder against Furman than you do against Union Kentucky because Union Kentucky's not even on your level. Yeah, like just, and that's what bothers me. I know not all Wyoming fans are like that. I get it, but just the ones that they showed and those announcers were just. More than I could take. I was, I, I literally, I nearly vomited. I will say, I was almost sick when, when, when Roundtree picked that one off. I yelled in excitement. I jumped up and I told, I told our mom, I said, I'm gonna have to sit down or I'm gonna pass out and die because I like, I jumped up too quick. I was so happy, and then it just got taken away from me. I yeah. was, I was very down. But you know, we moved up in the rankings. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it, and I think it opened the eyes of some of these teams where they were like, well, we're st- still trying to see, you know, Coach Conklin's regime, what, what, what's going to be going on here, you know, you're still trying to film things out. I think they're like, whoa, these guys are for real. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's – while it hurts, looking forward, I'm with you, Mike. I don't see a team that we can't, that we can't handle. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's, it's, it's tough. The SOCON's tough. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw Mercer knock off Sanford. Um, you know, Furman's good. Um, you know, all those teams are going to be tough. Uh, so, going forward, Mike, I think you can take some things away from Wyoming while it stings, while it hurts. I think it leaves a bad taste in the guy's mouth and the coaching staff's mouth. I think you move forward and you don't want to have to feel like that again. Yeah, I completely agree. Wofford, of course, on a bye week this week. They'll be at Gardner-Webb uh, next Saturday. They'll play – uh, six o'clock kickoff for that one. We'll be over there for that ball game. So it should be a lot of fun. And uh, Kevin, I guess without any further ado, it's time to get to our guest. It I, is. I'd say this might be the biggest one we've had. Oh, it ain't no uh, might about it. it yeah, it's this the biggest is a one we've monster. had. Monster. It's something you guys got some great, great stuff you're going to want to hear in here. I mean, he really, of course, we got head coach Josh Conklin of the Wofford Terriers on the podcast. Can you believe it? I, I'm kind of pinching myself so to see if this is <laughs> so a, awesome. If this is actually real, but it is, and we're gonna have Coach Conklin on here. He gives a lot of good stories, a lot of good insight, and this is a can't miss interview. Right now, if you're listening to this, you need to go ahead and share this episode, retweet it, whatever you got to do. This is a big, big episode that you're gonna want all of anybody halfway connected to Wofford, really FCS, is gonna want to hear this interview because you got a top ten teams coach right here. Really giving you some candid stuff, a lot of fun, a really fun interview with head coach Josh yeah, Conklin. Yeah, we and we kept it a little loose. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we like to be not as straight-laced. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like to get out there a little bit. Um, we get into some of the uniform stuff. We get into his look on the sideline. Some places he even likes to eat around Spartanburg. Yeah. Um, so we, we, now we also get into some, some football stuff, of course. Um, but Coach Conklin was generous enough and nice enough and cool enough to give us – 30 minutes of his time. Yeah, like, really, um, really good interview. And uh, he, he was nothing but nice, nothing but cool with us. Hopefully this opens up some things, um, you know, going forward for the show. But what what an awesome opportunity to have head coach of the Wofford Terriers, Josh Conklin, on the show, Mike. Yeah, I completely agree. So let's go ahead and head now to our interview with head coach of the Wofford Terriers, Josh Conklin. You're listening to the Short-Haired Dog. We're now joined here on the short-haired dog by head coach of the Wofford Terriers football team, Coach Josh Conklin. Coach, how you doing? 
I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I appreciate you guys uh, having me on, and uh, I think what you guys are doing with the uh, with the podcast is a great deal. It's a great, great way to get um, get the Terriers out there. No doubt about it. Coach, obviously, you know, being the head coach of a team, you're going to be a lot harder on your guys and see a lot more things about what you've been planning to do and how, how things have gone so far this season. And coming off that loss at Wyoming, which the Terriers played very well in, we're going to get to that more later. But overall – you know, from a fan's perspective, we not, might not see it as much as, as you do, but what's your overall takeaway from the season thus far? Well, you know, I think the first, you know, obviously when we started the Citadel, it's kind of a unique deal because it's a different offense and it's a different defense. They give you some some different issues just because they face the triple option. They have all the answers uh, just because they face it, you know, every day. So, uh, we were excited to get out of that game with a win. Uh, we didn't feel like we were able to do some of the things that we wanted to do or we should have done uh, offensively coming off of that game. And then going into VMI, you know, I know they're young. Uh, I felt like we could get after them uh, pretty well, and we did, uh, especially on offense. Uh, wasn't ex- as excited about the defensive performance, so we put a lot of work in uh, the week of Wyoming before we went out there. And, you know, just <clears throat> overall, uh, coming off of that game, you know, that one stings quite a bit. Uh, all week we talked to our guys about, you know, you belong on the football field uh, athletically uh, from a talent standpoint. We felt like we had a good plan. We felt like we had our guys in position to make a lot of plays. And, you know, you come up short there in a two-minute, you come up short there in a four-minute situation, and that stings. And I think our guys are hungry. They see that they can play at the top level. Uh, you know, I look at the University of Wyoming, I think they're – potentially a top-level FCS team. You know, I think a lot of the, the one through five or one through seven or one through eight in our conference as far as in the country can go in there and, and give those guys fits. And, you know, we're going to have to be able to find a way to win those games. So uh, we've got a lot of growth uh, that we're going through. We've got a, a chance to really put a lot of combinations on the field in terms of seeing what guys can do from young guys to old guys, different personnel packages on defense. So, uh, we're excited. Uh, we do wish we were playing this week, though, just to get the taste out uh, of, the, of the loss last week. Uh, but it was an opportunity for us to look at some things, do some self-evaluation, and, and uh, get healed up a little bit. Coach, you mentioned all three of the games so far that you guys have played this year. And, uh, um, and you said against VMI, you got some guys out there that, that got a chance to get some, you know, some significant playing time, especially in the second half. Uh, with, we, and we've mentioned it on the show with the new uh, red shirt rule. How did that change your approach going into not only that game but uh, the season in general? Well, you know, I don't think you're you're as concerned about playing uh, those guys, and you're not as concerned about letting them see what they can do. You know, I think a lot of times freshmen, especially young guys, you don't know what they're going to do when the lights come on. Uh, when you get down, you know, on the football field, they've got to make real plays and real situations. They can show you a lot of things at practice but you never know what they're going to respond to. And I thought the VMI game was an opportunity for us to see some of those young guys that you may say, hey, you know, those guys are going to potentially help us down the road as we, you know, get further along in this season. And if we can get, you know, into the playoffs and go deeper into the playoffs, uh, we may need some of those young guys. Now, as we all know, in this conference, you're probably not going to get a face uh, a lot of teams where the score is out of hand uh, so much so that you can play a lot of young guys. So our our deal right now is going to be able is going to be deciding who those guys are, uh, who are the guys that we're going to put in the smokehouse, so to speak, to use a coach Ayers term, and who are the guys that we're going to we're going to go out there and, and really try to develop and, and know that we're going to have to lean on you know coming down this uh, this road in terms of the meat of our our conference schedule and then hopefully into the playoffs. Coach, you alluded to it earlier um, back when you first got hired and even into the preseason. You talked about how it was going to be different this go-around considering you were going to be the head man now. You've been a long-time defensive coordinator at a lot of different spots. What's been the biggest difference and what's been the biggest challenge for you making that step from being the defensive coordinator to being the head man? You know, I think a lot of it is you're looking at some more sort of macro things than you are micro things. You know, you're for me – uh, being able to develop a relationship with all 95-plus guys instead of just focusing on the defense. You know, I, I think that 
as a defensive coordinator or an offensive coordinator, you can kind of get into the lab uh, during game week. You kind of forget about what else is going on, and all you're really focused on is trying to put together the best plan um, to stop an offense uh, or obviously you know, score um, against the defense. So for me, probably the biggest challenge is just managing some of the day-to-day things that you have to do as a head coach, being able to manage you know, coaches and, and coach coaches versus just coach players and, and just devise schemes. And, you know, I spend a lot of time on the defensive side of the ball still. Um, I actually, you know, try to work with our safeties and our back end uh, the best that I know how to. Uh, I think Coach Seifkus has done a tremendous job up to this point. But, you know, that's where I feel like I can help the football team. And then I stick my head in there and, you know, tell Coach Lang, hey, this would give us issues. And after I've watched, you know, their their team um, on defense, you know, I let him know some of the things that I'm seeing from a defensive perspective. So that's really been, really been good. Um, but it is different. Um, it's a whole lot different. I, I still feel like I'm learning on the run every single day. There's situations that come up in games that, uh, you know, you think about, uh, you know, it's kind of a lot of times it's a gut feel, uh, but sometimes there's right and there's wrong answers, you know, and I, you know, for me, one that came up that, uh, you know, I thought a lot about on Sunday uh, was the fourth and three, fourth and three and a half there at Wyoming. You know, thinking about I had every intention to, to go for it if it was fourth and one or fourth and two. And then I felt like our defense was playing well enough that we could kick it down there. So those are the things as a head coach, you, uh, you second guess yourself uh, about those situational things that come up and, you know, you move on from it, you learn from it. And uh, hopefully, you know, we have more of those type of opportunities in the future. Coach, you talked about we, – we talked about it on this very podcast, talking about uh, you coming and getting the job here at Wofford, and we said it was an advantage that you had been other places and seen a lot of different places and know a lot more recruiting grounds than maybe uh, some of the prior staff at Wofford. But you've been at Wofford as well um, – before as well, from what, 2007 to 2009. What has changed since then? Has anything changed as far as – I know Spartanburg, I'm sure, maybe is different, but Wofford as a whole, this job, what do you think is different about it than when you were here – say, 10 years ago? I think the one thing that they that really was attractive for me uh, to the job was I do think it can be a, a perennial power in the FCS. You know, and I don't say that lightly. Uh, that doesn't happen just because we wave a magic wand. Uh, it happens through a lot of hard work. I think that they elevated uh, their level of recruiting uh, since the time that I was here, you know, the first go-around. Um, I, I think coaches, Coach Ayers always did a tremendous job of finding the right type of recruit and finding the right type of kid that fit uh, what this place was all about and really fit what he was all about and the culture that he was trying to establish. And then I think at some position groups, uh, not all of them, but, but a lot of them, uh, you see a significant difference in um, just talent level. And that's not a knock on the guys that have played here in the past, but, you know, not – not everybody can be an FBS player. Not everybody can have, be an FCS player. I mean, I, I played NAIA football, and that's exactly where I belonged uh, because that was for me, you know. And I and I think that they elevated uh, their level in terms of expectancy and the type of kid uh, that they could get, and they can make it here too academically. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things uh, that I've seen top to bottom, you know, is just as far as the recruiting. And I think when I, you know, when you leave the Wyoming game, I'll, I'll just put this out there as an example. When I left the Wyoming game, you never know. I mean, you feel like your guys are going to be competitive. You feel like we can, if we play really well, uh, you know, we're going to be in that football game. We own the line of scrimmage. Uh, we physically dominated uh, them in a lot of aspects. I really believe that. It was disappointing we couldn't get off the field in that two minute, but I left that game really believing strongly that we have the right uh, level of guy uh, that can go, you know, a long way and and then we've got a lot of talent and again that's you know that's a credit to uh, the coaching staff to coach Ayers and being able to really aggressively go out and recruit uh, the caliber of player uh, that can compete at the highest levels and I think right now we've got that uh, and we got some pretty good depth and so that to me has been what has changed from a football um, perspective probably the most you know Coach, kind of switching it up on you here. Still a football-related question, but a non-Walford football-related question. Um, most of mm-hmm. our listeners know that you you came from Pittsburgh as a defensive coordinator. We also have a lot of listeners that are Clemson fans and remember in 2016 
when the Panthers came in and knocked off Clemson when they were ranked, I think, number three at the time and had Deshaun Watson at quarterback. Kind of give our listeners, right. how, do you, how did you prepare for such a dynamic player like, like Deshaun Watson? And what, what was it like going into Death Valley and, and coming out of there with a win? You know, it was one of those. Uh, it was one of those special games that I think you always remember as a coach. You know, obviously the players that played in it. You know, they'll always remember it. Um, but as a coach, I mean, and especially the ties that we've had the, that I have, and my family has to uh, South Carolina. A lot of Clemson fans, a lot of Carolina fans uh, that were excited we beat them, and a lot of <laughs> Clemson fans that weren't as excited we beat them uh, that night. But you know, it was one thing for us, and this is. This is where I really started to establish kind of my belief and my philosophy in terms of, you know, winning football games uh, as a team. Uh, we had a really good offense uh, that year. We were putting up really good numbers. We had a lot of guys that are playing in the NFL right now uh, on that football team. Coach Canada had done a tremendous job of scoring a lot of points, and he could score them often. You know, we were a little bit banged up at that time uh, on defense. We were struggling uh, at times in the back end in terms of matching up and doing some of the things that, you know, we were we wanted to do defensively uh, with Coach Dews' uh, press quarter system. But in that game, you know, what we what we really tried to play is complimentary football. Uh, we, we tried to make them earn it. Uh, we knew they were going to score some points on us, but we knew we could score some points. We felt like we got some turnovers uh, and did some things differently from a coverage standpoint. You know, he threw one – uh, just John threw one early to us in the first drive of that football game uh, down in the red zone, which was a huge turnover. Uh, we got another turnover in the red zone. Uh, and that was kind of what our thought process was, make them get down there, make them earn it. And, you know, we got a couple turnovers that were that were really, really big. So uh, we did not uh, shut them down uh, that night by any stretch of the imagination. His numbers were really good. But I always tell people uh, when they talk to me, you know, when when they went and played Alabama that year, they put up some pretty good numbers too. So we didn't. I didn't feel as bad uh, when he, when they did that to Coach Saban. Coach, uh, obviously this podcast called the Short Haired Dog Podcast, and that's all coming from Coach Ayers and his whole Short Haired Dog mantra for years and years. <laughs> you know, we've asked everybody, with the exception of our last guest, who was the Wyoming beat writer. Everybody else, we've asked for a favorite Coach Ayers story. Now I know. A little bit different as you're following in his footsteps as the next head man at Wofford, but you're also under him as an assistant coach. I mean, obviously know him and know his family. What is your best right. coach air story? Maybe it's one like this inspirational. Maybe it's funny. Maybe you got one of each. Just give it to us. Well, you know, the thing that – and I and I tell this to every group that I have a chance to talk to, uh, especially, you know, I always get the question, you know, what's it like to, you know, being the fill the shoes of, of coach Ayers and, and a legend and you're never going to replace him uh when i got here uh, i had some good experience at south dakota state and then when i left here a coach was always really really good uh, about being a mentor uh being a friend um, being a guy that i could lean on professionally uh, he was a guy that when i when i first came to wofford you know i was really a I mean, cross the T's, dot the I's. I didn't think outside the box much. I mean, it was black and white, and this is how you had to do it. And I know you guys knowing Coach Ayers and, and being around Coach, uh, he was outside the box a lot of times. I mean, uh, a lot of people give him credit for the shield punt uh, that people utilize now, uh, and he kind of came up with uh, the first remnants of that. So, you know, he was a, a very outside-the-box thinker. He, he believed in coaching guys and and that was always something that I took with me. But probably the best story that I've got was actually when I got hired down here. It was in July. Uh, they they had had a position open, and it had been open for quite a while. And I remember calling him on the phone, and I had a connection through the football world uh, that I, I knew coach. And so I called him and said, hey, I would really be interested in this job. You know, what do I need to do? And he said, well, why don't you send me your resume and I'll take a look at it. Well, you know, I'm eager. I want to get down to the southeast part of the country uh, because I think the football and the passion for football is second to none. I still believe that. So I overnight my resume to him, and for whatever reason, that kind of impressed him, and, and he felt like that was a, a pretty good thing for me to at least get an interview. And the best part of the interview is most time you go on an interview now, and, and, you know, they put you up in a hotel. You're there probably 24 hours. It's you know, they lock you in a room, you talk ball, and then you're gone. Uh, with this interview, 
I think I flew in like on a maybe a Thursday night or a Friday night. No, it was a Friday night. Uh, and I actually stayed at his house uh, with his family. Um, the the first person that I met the next morning, I'm, you know, again, I'm, I'm from South Dakota. I'm just trying to get the job. And uh, Miss Julie comes down the uh, hallway and I'm in my white T-shirt, you know, and I'm, I'm getting on my dress shirt. And that's how I met uh, Miss Julie. And we go down, we have breakfast. He takes us up here. We spend all day talking football. We go to lunch. Uh, that afternoon, we go back, we sit in the living room, um, watch TV, hang out, and really just kind of get to know each other on a personal level. Um, the next morning, we go to church together. I mean, it was one of the most unique experiences that I've ever uh, been a part of in terms of just the hiring process. And, you know, end up getting the job, and I, that always stuck with me because I could really tell uh, during that time, you know, this guy, it matters who he has in the program, uh, coaches, what type of guys they are, uh, who he's bringing in is really important to him. And then obviously the type of guys that he's recruiting. I mean, he took that same formula as well. And that's why I had such an amount of respect still do, you know, just for who he is and the kind of man that he is. Well, Coach, obviously a few changes have been made since you've came to town. Coach Ayers was there for 30 years, a few things being different, one of which being the uniforms. We've seen a lot of three different looks now for the Terriers in their first three ball games. Also, we're uniform guys and guys that pay attention to kind of dumb things. That yeah, some, we're but, swag guys. Yeah, that a lot of people don't really pay attention to. We've noticed you've also had a different look in, I think, all the games. First of all, what goes into your look? I mean, do you is this something we're going to see something consistent, or is it going to be something you're going to keep us guessing? Or, and uh, an additional question: Who picks the uniforms? Is the equipment staff? Is it something that you guys get together? Is it the captains? What goes into that? Well, part of the thing that we wanted to do when we got here is we, you know, we want to had. I don't want to. I don't want to change the uniforms up a lot. Um, I am a traditionalist uh, to a certain extent. You know, I think like when you look at. Uh, for example, Georgia and Alabama, uh, those teams are those teams. I'm not, I don't go on the side of like Oregon. Um, so I think there's a, a legacy there that goes with it. But we're trying, what we're trying to do is we're just trying to change it up a little bit uh, for the players because uh, they enjoy that stuff. You know, they, they like those types of things. So we want to get a pair of black pants. We knew we could go black on black and then we could change it up on the road if we wanted to. And we are, you know, we're, uh, we are looking right now for a, an alternate jersey. Uh, we tried to get it done this year. Uh, we just, we didn't have enough time to, to, get, the, uh, to get the jersey completely, uh, the look that we wanted, uh, if you will. So, yeah, no, we, uh, I think that stuff is, is good. I think it adds to recruiting. I, I know the players like it. And you know what? It's, it's, it's about them. Uh, it really is. And it's about if they feel good and they like it without going over the top and, and getting it real gaudy, uh, we want to change up the uniforms a little bit and change up the look, you know, the best that we, the best that we can. So what about your look? Where, where does that – is it just something you just throw on? Or what, what, is there anything that goes into that whatsoever? Um, yeah, a little bit. I, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I'll say I'm a, uh, you know, I was a big, I'm from Wyoming. Uh, I like, you know, country music. Uh, I remember growing up listening to a lot of Johnny Cash. I don't know why. He just was always a guy that I really liked listening to. So I like the black on black look. Um, you know, I'm not a, uh, I was there at Tennessee with Derek Dooley. I thought the orange pants were, were way over the top. Uh, I don't put a lot of a lot of uh, thought process into it, but I've always liked black, and I've always liked the black on black look. And my wife always likes the color, or has always liked the color black. So that's kind of where I try to stay uh, the best I can. Uh, try to to shave up a little bit on game day. Uh, I'm a no, don't like the hat on game day. I like it on practice, but uh, yeah, that's kind of there, there's not a whole lot of thought process that goes into it, but a little bit. Well, coach, coming from a uh, fellow. I guess you would say uh, follically impaired uh, guy. Uh, I re I'm a really big fan of your look with the the bond and the and the beard there. I, I'm a big fan of it myself. But uh, getting getting back into um, you know just the the Spartanburg area, me and Mike were, were talking about some things to maybe to maybe ask you. And let's just say um, you know you and the family go out and you you can uh, go out to a place to eat in Spartanburg. What's your what's your go to spot? Or, or maybe you know the coaches go out to lunch. 
um, before practice or something one day. What's your go-to spot in Spartanburg? Well, that's a, that's a tough one. There's a lot of them. Uh, if I am, I try to eat the right way, uh, the best I can. Try to take care of myself a little bit. If I'm, if I'm not in that in that realm, if I'm not in that world, uh, I do like Ike's. You know, I remember you know, that's a big Coach Ayers deal too. I, I like Ike's, and I think it's a good good place to go. Uh, my family and I, we are probably uh, Willie Taco is probably one of our favorite places to go to. Um, Kid friendly. We got a one year old and a five year old, so they can wreck shop, and and we don't feel, you know, like it's uh, like it's too big a deal. Um, but that those are the places that uh, that I, I like. Um, and the last two home games, my wife and I have actually gone to Willie Taco after the game because the night game and and they're still open. So uh, those are those are good spots. I, I respect that, coach. Respect it a lot. And we hey, we and we didn't when we talked about bringing you on. We 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 wasn't necessarily going to be something straight laced. We're a little bit you know, out there. So we appreciate you uh, being along with us yeah, here. playing for, along with yeah, us. Yeah, we, we, we're liking that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, looking ahead to uh, our next opponent, Gardner-Webb, obviously you got the bye week this week. Have you got a chance to look at Gardner-Webb's film? What is, you know, what is our going to, you know, what is their strengths and what are you guys going to try to do to come away with um, from that game with a victory? You know, it, it's interesting. We have, we, we looked at them quite a bit this week, um, obviously, and we'll get into some real game prep. Uh, coming up here in the, in the next uh, next couple of days, especially when we get into Sunday, you know they're a team that is dangerous. Uh, they they always have at all positions. They always have enough guys that they can they can pre- present you and pose you some some major problems. You know they've got a couple wide receivers and a return guy that has that have really good speed. I think the quarterback is throwing it better uh, a better ball. Uh, than the kid did last year. You know, we've got we have some insider information because we got Coach McCray uh, on staff now, and obviously his dad's the head coach over there. But uh, no, it's a it's one of those games where you know I think whether it be the listeners or the or the casual fan, uh, you would say, wow, you know, this is a game we should win. We should be after them pretty well uh, based on paper. Um, but it's not when you look at it from a talent standpoint. And if they are if they get it going and they get it clicking. Uh, they can pose you some some real issues uh, offensively, defensively, and special teams. So uh, we got a huge challenge ahead of us, and our guys will approach it uh, that way. And I know we've approached it that way, you know, as as a coaching staff. And it doesn't get any easier. You know, it does not get any easier. It was kind of cool. I got a call from from coach uh, coach Ayers on Monday, and I don't mind sharing this because you know that we haven't had a lot of communication. I you know he's respected my my space a little bit, just trying to get my feet on the ground. But, you know, he just called and we talked about the Wyoming game and, and, uh, you know, he offered his, uh, you know, his well wishes, thought we were playing well and all those things, which I, it made us really feel good as a program. But the one thing that he said, and he's exactly right, you know, there are no gimmies, uh, in this conference, there's no gimmies, um, you know, from here on out. And, uh, you better be on as a coaching staff. And you better be on as players, and, and we we know that uh, we understand that. And so we're uh, we're excited to get going and get into another work week here uh, on Sunday. Coach, a couple more questions before we let you go. Um, you mentioned that there, you know, obviously there's no gimmies in our conference, and I know um, everyone was kind of down uh, with the with the loss to Wyoming last week. But what was your reaction when you saw that uh, Mercer knocked off Sanford? Um, and I know it may have been a little while after the game before you saw that, but we, we all kind of knew Mercer was sneaky, you know, sneaky enough to, to beat you, but to come away with a win over, um, you know, the, really the conference favorite in a lot of publications, Sanford, what was your reaction when you saw that? Well, I, I think it shows you the, the level of coaching, uh, and you know, the, uh, the ability that the guys have every week. Uh, if you get it dialed in, or if you if you don't come ready to play, uh, or you're not executing at a really high level, uh, w- what can happen? And you know, I don't think that's a fluke. I think I think Mercer's a good football team. Uh, we know what Stanford is, uh, and I think top to bottom, when you when you look at this conference, I think there's that could happen uh, more times than not. I mean, any any given Saturday, if you will, uh, there's an opportunity to be beat. And when I look at that score. You know, after what they had done to Florida State, uh, I would not have expected that uh, because they took them, you know, right down to the wire. Uh, and 
you know, but they, again, just shows you the level of, of competition in this conference and, and the brand of football that it is. And, you know, that's, it's exciting. I mean, it's a challenge as a, as a coach, uh, no different than being in the SEC or the ACC. Uh, I mean, every week you got to bring it. Uh, and that's, that's fun. It's fun to be in a competitive environment like that. Coach, one last thing before you get out of here. Uh, you know, a lot of Terrier listeners, you know, former players, all kind of different folks we've been able to connect with through the Short Haired Dog podcast. It's been really awesome. Is there one thing or maybe a couple things you'd like to share with Terrier Nation out there, all the Short Haired Dogs out there listening? What's one thing or maybe a couple things that you'd want to share with them? I think the biggest thing for me uh, that I want to make sure, you know, everybody understands and then the people that I've had an opportunity again to, to talk to or groups that I've talked to, you know, coach Ayers established a culture here. And for me personally, uh, people ask about the success and, and all that. And we do, I mean, we want to have success, but the reason that coach had success here for a lot of years is because of the culture and what he established um, on a day-to-day basis in terms of how guys did their job, how guys approached uh, the way they went to work, and that's not going to change. And that's probably where I feel the most pressure. Um, I feel the most responsibility to take that, uh, take that charge, take what he had established here, and really try to elevate it uh, to another level uh, if that's possible. And, and that's really, really difficult to do, but that's, that's the whole message uh, that's what we're trying to do as a football program. That's what we're trying to do um, as a coaching staff, and I know that's what we're trying to do as players. And it's not just on the football field. It's how we attack recruiting. Uh, it's how we attack getting the freshmen in here in the summertime. Um, are we developing the player? Are we developing the student-athlete uh, in a way uh, that is uh, resembles you know, how Coach did it and, and, and that culture that was established here, and how can we make that, you know, that better? So those are the things that I, that I worry about. Those are the things that keep me uh, up at night because I know if we can take care of those things and we can continue to build the character and we continue to, to uh, you know, recruit the right type of guy, the success on the football field uh, will take care of itself because we do have good players and we do have good coaches and we'll continue to you know, manipulate and help. Um, we're finding, like for me personally, we're finding out what our guys can do well uh, defensively, what can we do? Can we play press coverage more? Absolutely. Uh, can we pressure more? We will. Uh, can we throw the ball more? Yes. Uh, but we're always trying to figure out a way uh, to put our players in the best position. And that's just kind of a work in progress. So uh, that's what we're about. And I really appreciate, you know, what you guys are doing. Coach was always passionate about this place, and it is a special place. Uh, it teaches it teaches perseverance. It teaches grit. You can't hide. You can't hide in the football field. You can't hide in the classroom. And for guys that are want that experience, uh, that's what it's all about. And there's no entitlement here. What you, uh, what you get, you earn. And that's everybody in the program. So uh, we're excited to be here. And uh, and I appreciate uh, everything that you guys uh, are doing to, you know, get the get the fan base um, some more information. Coach, we appreciate you coming and taking time out of your schedule. I know it's a bye week, but still, you're a busy man, like you said, out recruiting just yesterday. So uh, thank you so much for reaching out to us and um, being, uh, you know, being, uh, being on the podcast. I know the listeners really, really appreciate it. And uh, I'll tell you what, now on, uh, as long as you're here on the bye week, you might as well, you gotta, you're booked up on the, uh, the short-haired dog. You're on the, you're on the bye week episode. How's that sound? That'll be good. That'll be good. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I uh... – what I'm going to try to do too for you guys is I, I you know, I talked to Brent Williamson, our, our SID, and you know, we'll try to get you guys uh, during the different times of the year. You know, some of our new coaches. Hopefully, we can get those guys on, and you know, I think all that stuff's good for them to be able to fire some questions their way and, and put them on the hot seat, hot seat too, a little bit. So, uh, we'll continue to work on it, and uh, I appreciate it. All right, Coach, we really appreciate it. Appreciate you coming on, and uh, good luck the rest of the way. We, we got your back here on the Short Hair Dog. You're not going to have any bigger fans than us right here. Well, thank you, guys, and, and uh, let us know if uh, we can do anything. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, Coach. Thank you, Coach. Yes, sir. Thanks, guys. And that was head coach Josh Conklin, coach of the Wofford Terriers. Of course, generous enough to come on the Short Hair Dog and uh, give us his take on the season so far. And 
really any everything in between. Yeah, what an awesome interview, Mike. Yeah. It uh, really meant a lot to us that Coach Conklin was willing to come on and uh, you know help us out a little bit. And uh, safe to say, <laughs> monster of a guest. And uh, no offense to any of the other ones because we appreciate it. Uh, the guests we've had in the past, but Coach Conklin's a big one for us. Anytime you can get the head coach on is is something that you're that you like and you want to do. Absolutely, so we're we're fortunate. And Mike, a great Coach Air story. <laughs> I mean that that one. We were just sitting there just smiling. I was like, like "What?" That is a fantastic yeah. Coach Air story. Um, it just speaks to what the kind of person that Coach Airs is. Absolutely, and we're continuing that tradition with Coach Conklin here, doing like you said to all the listeners out there. Uh, staying true to what you know, Coach Harris has established here, and that's what we hope for in a new head coach. And I think that's what we're getting so far in Ho- Coach Josh Conklin. Terriers two and one. They lost to Wyoming, but they beat uh, the Citadel and VMI. So they're two and zero oh in the conference. They're leading the SoCon right now. Um, six ranked in one poll, eighth in the other one. So pretty good start for the Terriers to say the least. Uh, obviously, you you see that Wyoming game and you want to win that one, but you can't let that one beat you, especially. With this bye week and then another game coming up, you got to take this bye week and then get them to Gardner Webb and, and get a victory. Yeah. Use it as tackling fuel. Tackling fuel. Tackling fuel. Yeah. I mean, like we said, and we've said it a couple times, you know, put it in your rear view mirror and yeah. continue forward. Don't you don't want to have to experience that again. Yeah. So I Anything think our let guys, it drive you. Don't let it absolutely. look back and say, Well, man, what we could have done, coulda, shoulda, woulda. No, just look at say, hey, we're gonna do better. That's right. Coming up. We're not so. going to let that happen. We're going we're going to look at some film, some things that they they used on the last couple of possessions there and we're not going to let that happen again. Right. Yeah. So, great interview for coach Conklin. We appreciate him so much. And uh we're we're going to have a new shirt coming here pretty soon. We are. Um we also have our originals still out. Uh I tell you, we're going to order some more. Yeah, um, we're running low. We're on we're going, we got some on back order right now that we're we're getting made and uh so if you stay patient if you've ordered one uh, we're out of extra largest. We're out of 3X. I don't know why those have been the popular sizes. We actually bought more of those than any of the other sizes, and they're all gone. So I'm glad. I guess we we guessed right on which ones we should <laughs> yeah. buy more of. The kids shirts we did. We thought we'd sell three or four. They're been gone, and right. we're still waiting on to get more of those made. So, like I said, we're trying to get all this all this together. A new shirt is coming. It's going to look a lot different. Uh, we'll be dropping that here pretty soon. We'll drop in a, some pictures, some designs, and let you pre-order those. So that'll yeah. be a really good opportunity to do that and guarantee. You won't have to back order them. They'll be in as soon as we get them. You'll get your shirt. So that's a that's a good thing. But Terriers, like we said, going to Gardner Webb a week from Saturday. And we're going, Mike. And we will be there. I'm yeah. taking a group of youth actually over there from the church. To, and I'll be there to chaperone. Yeah, Kevin's chaper- chaperone. Kevin is coming. And uh, <laughs> super super producer Charlie is probably going to make the trip too. Charlie, are you yeah. you plan on making the trip to Gardner Webb? And we may just throw on our. SHD shirts. So if you see us over there, you know, yeah. say what's come, up. Come say hello. Charlie, yeah. you talked about earlier about uh, Gardner Webb being one of your favorite teams. Or it you? is. Yeah. It is. Well, I love Gardner Webb. Yeah. Oh, exactly. He was giving me a hard time the night saying he loved Gardner Webb. Oh. Like, of all the teams. Just needling. Been there once. <laughs> one time. Yeah. I actually got you accepted went to Gardner Webb. I almost went to Gardner Webb. I sure did. Wow. I sure did. Didn't pull the trigger, but. Uh, Mm. They made a pretty good offer. I would yeah. Mike, I really, I almost went there. Yeah. But um, I sure but am pulling for them to lose this upcoming Saturday. Yeah, no doubt about it. As Coach Conklin mentioned, they do have some players. They They're do. They're normally good yeah. on offense, and for whatever reason, they've done a very good job against us in years past. Of course, like, we, like Coach Conklin said, we've got uh, Coach McRae, who's the son of the head coach at Gardner-Webb, so that's a little bit of an insider. That has to help in your preparation. Couldn't hurt. No, that's, that's no. only that, – that has to help. Unless, please pray – that it doesn't monsoon rain. <laughs> okay, folks, let's go ahead and let's go ahead. You better pack your ponchos. <laughs> yeah. You better pack your umbrellas because anytime the terriers get into it with the running bulldogs of Gardner Webb, it's going to be a. It's like one. pouring water out of a bucket. It was raining so hard there. I think it was what 2012. It was horrible. Then yeah. the next time they came to Gibbs Stadium, it rained even harder. <laughs> no, and it's incredible. Th- me and Scott Scott Garrett were laying up against the video board. Where down there where it says Gibbs Stadium on like that block part yeah, of it. Yeah. Trying to block the rain off of us. It was absolutely awful. And Walford lost. I think they beat us like three to nothing. It was absolutely horrendous. It was. It was we so were missing bad. field goals and oh, it was just unbelievable. But that's in the past, Mike. It is. Let's Whew. not get upset. This has been too good of an episode. Let's we're just too pray, happy. Pray for sunny <laughs> yeah. weather. Pray that's for right. sunny weather. That's so, right. Kevin, I tell you, I think we're about done with this with this episode. It's been a great one. We've had Coach Conklin on to come in and give us some of his his information didn't have to do that. Nice enough to do it, and we appreciate it so much. And uh, you know, guys, 
is this season, I know it's not, you know, some of the stuff it's been, you know, you can complain about and say, and we hated losing that game to Wyoming and all that stuff. But all things considered, when you lose a legend like Mike Ayers and Coach Conker coming in a first-time head coach, I think things have went pretty well through Absolutely. the first three ball games. I don't Absolutely. think how you, can, how you can argue that. I think this team, you know, the, the Citadel coach talked about it, and I agree with him. I think this team's better than last year's. Nothing against last year's squad. They did a lot of great things. But I think this team has a chance to really, really do it. I, like, I'm not joking when I say I don't think that's too far-fetched to say that. We're I mean, the like, real we deal, dominated Mike. up front. Yeah. Against a good Wyoming team that's known for being good up front on both lines of scrimmage. They want to run the ball and stop the run. And they weren't really able to do either one of them like they wanted to. Right. I mean, now, they, they stopped us. Yeah, they won. They won the ball game. But yeah, they're supposed to by a lot more than three. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, I think it's it's only positive we can take away from what we've had, and I think we just need to get behind this team and travel well. Come over to Gardner Way Up. It's not far from Spartanburg. Come over for the, I know a lot of Wofford fans will be there. Come say hello to us. I mean, it'll it'll be a fun fun atmosphere over there, especially if we're you know being a little rowdy over there on the visitor side. Which Wofford should win this football game. Let's not get it twisted. Wofford should win this football game and win it handily. They should. But I think these players deserve and this coaching staff deserve. Our support. I agree. Because they work very, very hard to get where they are. It's like Coach Conklin said, you don't get there by, you know, waving a magic wand. It takes hard work and dedication and every day going out there and outworking the other teams. And that's the, that's what they've done to get us here, and that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna have to do to not only keep us where we're at, but get to that next level. So that's my soapbox for today. <laughs> and you know, I just like I said, I'm just I'm optimistic. I am too, and I'm and I'm and I'm I'm happy about the way this program is headed. I'm I love where it's been, and we wouldn't be here without the people like Coach Ayers. We would not be here without Coach Ayers. Are you are you serious? Yeah. I mean, not even close. But now it's time, you know, when we got new guys in here to to pass the torch on to them. Some older guys, about half and half of the staff is left, and we got to run with them. You know, this is this is the time, and 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 I'm I'm very optimistic about. Not only this season, but moving forward into the future, because this team, even our young guys, they look really, deal. really good. Yeah, they look really, really good. And, so. and, and we've proven so far, Mike, that Walford's going to be here to stay for a while. Absolutely. And not, I mean, not looking past this year, because this year I think we're going to do some special things. But yeah. this is this program's going to be a powerhouse going forward, and I honestly believe that. No doubt about it. So. Kevin, I tell you what, let's wrap a bow on this one. Episode 14 of the Short-Haired Dog. Of course, you can um, follow each of us. You can follow me at Mike Bennett WBCU on Twitter. Kevin, where can they follow you? KBennett underscore five. All right, so that's going to do it for our uh, episode 14 of the Short-Haired Dog. We want to appreciate – I want to tell uh, – thank you to Coach Conkler for how much we appreciate him coming on the Short-Haired Dog and giving us all of his thoughts Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Make sure to share and like this episode. Get the word out about the short-haired dog, about this Walford football program. Because like Kevin said, we're a perennial power, and we're here to stay. For super producer Charlie, Charlie, we appreciate you coming on for uh, your first episode. Do you feel good? I do. I'm very, very honored to be here. All right. Well, good. Thank you, Charlie. And for Kevin Bennett, I'm Michael Bennett. We'll talk to you guys next time. Enjoy your bye week. Get some rest. And go Terriers. Go Terriers. Thank you for listening to the Short-Haired Dog Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Short-Haired Dog and to subscribe to the show at no charge on the Apple Podcast app and SoundCloud. We will talk to you again very soon, but until then, go Terriers.